Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, Diaria. It's time to wake up. It's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. It's 5 a.m. Pregame show. Alan South filling in for Stephen Langford here. 95.7. The game. You already know what it is. And look, Tuesday. Sam, we're here. Taco Tuesday, maybe, if you will. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's bad that I'm already thinking about lunch. Maybe, maybe breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos, I feel like, are extremely underrated, by the way. If you have a good breakfast taco, if you have a good breakfast taco spot, hit us up already. I mean, I don't think there's ever a bad time to be thinking about tacos. That's true. That's true. 888-957-9570. We got a great show for you guys today. Basically, if you listened yesterday, we're going to flip the script, right? Yesterday, started with the started with the Niners, then got into some Warriors stuff. We're going to start with Warriors. They got a big game today against the Grizzlies, the 96 Bulls, like I, like I like to say, when they play the Warriors. Then we're going to get into some Niners. And, I, you know, I, I, I had a, a good time yesterday getting into some of the nook and crannies of this matchup. Because as they say, you're only as good as your next performance. So if you're the Niners... It's time to look forward to the Cowboys. We them boys, whatever you want to say, it's time to look forward to them. So I'm going to do a little something I like to call a tale of the tape. Okay, we're going to take this to the boxing realm, and I'm literally going to compare each position, and you can be the judge as to who has the edge in that matchup. Again, text line 888-957-9570. It was hot yesterday. Everybody was happy on the victory Monday, but now we move on. But now we move on. So let's move on right now to the Warriors. Look, the Warriors now start a four-game road trip where they will take on the Grizzlies, Bucks, and Bulls on a back-to-back, and then they take on the Timberwolves. And, and you know, the Timberwolves you can kind of throw in that category anyway because Cat's been having a heck of a year, and D'Angelo Russell, we know he can get hot at any point in time. This will be a tough stretch for the Dubs, and I'm not saying it's time, you know, to worry quite yet. We know the Warriors staff likes to play things safe, but Draymond once again will not be playing due to calf tightness. Not only that, GP2 is questionable. 
So defensively, I'd say we can expect to see some more of JTA, who can definitely be that Draymond-esque type player. He models his game after him in a way. So he's going to need to step it up. And Otto Porter Jr. is also questionable. And part of this, I think, you know, Otto Porter Jr., he's had injury issues in the past. We understand that. But I think this might be a light version a diet version of what they're doing with Andre Iguodala, right? They want Otto Porter Jr. He's a guy that can bring that pop off the bench offensively. Let's make sure. And I know the playoffs, we know how fast time goes, right? So it might feel like the playoffs are very, very far away, but they're not. They're not. You're going to blink. Next thing you know, it's going to be all-star break. And next thing you know, you're going to be preparing for the playoffs. So with Otto Porter Jr. and what he's able to do offensively, given that pop off the bench, and not to mention his rebounding. You know, the broadcast talks about it all the time. They knew what they were going to get from Otto Porter Jr. from a shooting standpoint, right? He he can, you know, he can put the ball up. He can put the ball in the basket. But he's not one of the biggest guys out there either to be in the depths of of the lanes and things like that, to be grabbing rebounds. So the Warriors just have a bunch of guys with heart. And I think that all kind of stems from Draymond Green. You got GP2. He's getting rebounds. He has no business getting. Otto Porter Jr. all of a sudden never been, you know, uh, uh, um, an aggressive rebounder. Now he's taking care of business. So you don't have those guys today. You're still trying to get Clay introduced to this this lineup, this 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 new team that he's playing with besides the core, but part of his core isn't even playing today in Draymond Green. Now let's talk about their opponents. Let's talk about their opponents. And look, man, the Grizzlies, I don't know if we can get some bone crusher sound here, but they ain't never scared, okay? They're never scared of anybody. They just got caught up talking trash to LeBron. LeBron got mad at them. He, you know, he kind of got the refs. Uh, involved. It, it was a little bizarre because just last week, if I'm not mistaken, LeBron made that dagger against the Kings and he had the he let the whole bench know. He said a whole bunch of expletives that we can't say on this show, but that's neither here nor there right now. I, I wouldn't say the good thing because you never wa- wish injury on anybody, but the Grizzlies will not be playing with Dylan Brooks. He is out with an ankle injury, I believe. And He's a guy who's really typically that lockdown defender when it comes to, you know, Steph. And, and if, if he was playing today, I'm sure you would have seen him on Clay, and you'll see him on Andrew Wiggins. So you don't have him. And in a way, he's kind of like that Draymond-type player for the Grizzlies. You understand John Moran is a star, the same way we understand Steph Curry is a star. But then you have a guy like Dylan Brooks who's willing to get down and dirty and show teams and kind of – Take on that mentality that we are not scared of anybody. But there's another guy that you need to worry about today. And I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I didn't see him coming. I wouldn't say I watch a ton, a ton of college basketball, but I watch enough that when March Madness happens, uh, I, I'm kind of dumb in the way that I think it makes the difference, right? I watch kind of the, the top games when the Dukes play and the Kentuckys play and they're playing each other, Gonzaga. I didn't see this guy coming, and he's been having a heck of a year. Desmond Bain. Second year at a TCU, and he is a certified baller this year. Actually, he was a certified baller last year, averaging 17 points per game while shooting 47% from the floor and 42% from three. So this is a guy who, like I said, they just got into it LeBron, and I know 
the, the Lakers are kind of like wounded ducks right now in a way. But they were starting to show their stride. And you know how we know that? Because as soon as the Lakers win one, two, dare I say three games in a, in a row, are the Lakers back? Are the Lakers back? No, they're not back, okay? I, 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 we talked yesterday, could they make a trade, something like that. Who knows? Who knows? But as of right now, and again, this past weekend we talked to Nick Friedle, and we talked to Andy Liu from the, the, the Light Years podcast. I said, do you think this Laker team can make a move that would put them back in contention, right? Get, get them back on everybody's minds. And they said, yeah, I don't know what that move is. And the last thing I'll say about the Lakers is it is kind of sad to see Russell Westbrook. I mean, his press conferences, for how much energy he typically has, he's, you know, he used to do the commercials where he's dancing, all that stuff. He might just need to go just for his own mentality, just for his own mentality. But getting back to the Warriors and what the Warriors are not going to have tonight, let's hear from Steve Kerr. This was before, either before or after, the Clay return game, Clay Day, on what exactly happened to Draymond Green. So it was kind of out of the blue, you know. He's... So it was kind of out of the blue, you know. He's... I don't know what it is, Sam, about the way I click on these, <laughs> click on these sounds, but they continue to to cut off. Maybe so I just it was there kind of out of the blue, you know. He scrimmaged yesterday and felt fine and. Uh, was so excited to play, and then he went out for warm-ups, his pregame shoot, and he just felt a twinge in his calf, and um, there was no way we were going to risk playing him, and uh, he was devastated. He's been looking forward to this as much as anybody, and uh, so we sort of you know, hatched this plan late, and uh, I called JB, Bakerstaff, I think Bob uh, called Kobe Altman and explained what was going on, and um, and they were good with it. You know, we just, uh, Draymond wanted to be a part of the starting lineup. So it, it was good to, you know, to get him part of the festivities. And But it was tough to see him not be able to play. But um, hopefully this is a short-term thing. And, and we got a lot of games left, obviously. So you're not completely worried yet. But when these things kind of come out of nowhere, as it seems like this did, you got to keep an eye on it. And by the way, Sam, I figured it out. I, I, you know, nobody's going to believe that I'm actually a millennial because I'm double-clicking this stuff like it's a Windows 95, so I'm starting and stopping the clip again. That's what's happening. We figured it out, and now we're going to keep rolling. But See, I thought you were just weren't clicking with heart. You know, that's, that's oh, the key to I was, it. I was clicking with too much heart. I was double-triple-clicking it, and that makes very much sense as to why it was playing and then pausing. So shout-out to the, the gamers hanging, hanging with me. I am a millennial. Don't worry about it. I know how to work a computer. We're going to keep rolling. Please don't make fun of me like you do, Ratto and Damon Bruce. So, you don't have Draymond. GP2 is questionable. And Otto Porter Jr. is questionable. But you are you do have some things that you want to be excited about, right? Number one, and this is probably the most obvious one, Clay, this is only a second game back. This is only a second game back. So we're going to be excited to see him all year. But it is crazy to think that the last time Clay played, John Morant wasn't even in the league. So I'm sure he's excited to get his start against this upstart Grizzlies team because he's seen the drama from a couple years back when Iggy didn't want to play for the Grizzlies because they weren't a contender. And then somehow it ends up 
turning into some three one jokes on Instagram on Instagram stories, and 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 Steph gets involved. It was just. It, I, didn't, I think the finals MVP got thrown around as well. It was just kind of bizarre. And I think a lot of people forget about that. But that's what started this whole thing. I think that's what started this whole thing. Because Ja Morant, and again, when you are, people are calling him the the, the new Westbrook. I think, I, I understand the similarities, but I, don't, I, I think it is kind of an easy take. And, and you can go a little bit deeper than that. I don't think they're exactly the same. But... They are similar. When you see what he did a couple games ago, like we said, he almost hit his head on the top of the arena, grabbing, grabbing. I've never seen a block grabbed with two hands like that at the at at its apex against the backboard. I've never seen anything like that. So from that standpoint, he is just a specimen and something that we haven't seen. But again, as we're seeing with Westbrook now, how is that going to age for you, right? We saw what he did. We saw John Morant twice in a in a I believe it was about a two week span last season, and the, and the Warriors did not change their defense at all. They just let they just let him shoot. The first game, John Morant was wide open threes, couldn't hit anything. Right, couldn't hit the backside of a barn if you made him. The second time they play, when it mattered more, the play in playoff game, he couldn't miss. He couldn't miss, but. Guys like this, he's going to continue to improve, but at least on a day like this, you hope that he kind of regresses to the mean and you don't see anything like you've seen before in that regard. So Clay's going to be excited to play these guys because, like I said, they're upstart, they're excited, and everybody wants to be the first team to beat the Warriors and the Splash Brothers. The Cavaliers didn't get to do it. And now the Grizzlies are going to try to do it. They don't want this Warrior team to get on a run. The basketball world, like we talked about, the honeymoon over. Honeymoon over. You're not at Sandals anymore. You've left the Bahamas. Now it's time to get back to work. And these teams are sitting here waiting for you. They are waiting for you. And they're waiting to show you or to be shown what this hype is about. Just like on the other side of the coin. Clay's never played against John Morant. John Morant, I'm... Obviously, he knows who Clay is and knows what he's capable of. You know how John Moran is. I've never played you before. I mean, Clay, cool, but we'll see what he got. We'll see what he got. And I'm also excited to see the first game where it's just about basketball, right? Clay, he's a hooper through and through. And I'm sure he feels the sooner this start gets going, right, and, and the more he plays and the more normal this feels, he'll feel like he's closer to where he used to be. I'm also excited to see Clay with the other players that have had a strong impact since he's been gone. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, how do they start to create some cohesiveness? Like I said yesterday, there are a couple times, you know, they play very similar positions. Andrew Wiggins and Clay would run to the same spot, right? You, you got to clean that up. Jordan Poole, where do you fit in this? How, how, how do you make sure that your, your touches and your confidence doesn't ever go away? Now, I don't think Jordan Poole's ever going to have an issue where his confidence does go away. But you got to get things going and you got to get it moving together. And the last thing I will say before we close the door, and I know I said, look, I, I know I sound like Bill Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Memphis. But the last thing I will say is let's hear from Steve Kerr on the locker room 
after the game. I know a lot of people probably saw Steph's son Cannon giving Clay the game ball. But let's hear what Steve Kerr had to say on the locker room after the game. Cannon Curry presented him the game ball, so it was a nice, nice moment. And uh, everybody was just obviously thrilled for for Clay and thrilled to have him back and uh, felt normal, you know. And it's, it's been a long time, two and a half years, but you know, I just it seemed normal to to see him there and and uh, see him with his teammates. Yeah, I mean, it's you know pretty much what you expect. Everybody was excited. It's something that the countdown has been going forever, right? You couldn't turn on any basketball show, any sports generic show that mentions the Warriors without talking about Clay. And now it's here. And I think Clay is excited to figure out what these expectations are going to be for him and the rest of the team and meet them. He needs to meet them because, like we talked about, Honeymoon over, and this is a business. Clay is still getting paid a lot of money. There are some people that are haters, right? And the Warriors have, oh, newsflash, the Warriors have haters. 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 Drinking that haterade. You're drinking a haterade at 516 in the morning, you got problems. But if you're, if you're on NBA Twitter, they drink haterade for breakfast, lunch, and dinner Honestly. when it comes to the Warriors. And... They're looking for a reason to complain at all times. And there are some people. So if I heard it, I'm sure Sam heard it. So I'm sure Clay heard it. There are people that are even going out to say that they made little diagrams saying that based on the amount of time Clay's played, because obviously he hasn't, it's a bad contract. That's what we're doing now. That Clay's contract is a bad contract because obviously he hasn't been playing, but the guy's been getting paid. Now I think that's unfair. But haters will be haters. And again, if you're a Warriors fan, if you're part of Dub Nation, you probably like this a little bit. Because you know Clay's hearing this. And you know Clay's been very open about what he wants to do and how he wants to prove people wrong. And there's a saying, you know, I, I think there's no there's no issue with wanting to prove other people wrong. I know a lot of times people say, Don't prove, don't prove other people wrong. Prove yourself right. Well, why not both? Why not both? If someone has my name in their mouth and they're talking bad about me, I want to show them. That, that, that doesn't mean that I'm not focusing on myself. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm doing it for that person. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, yeah, I want to do it for you too. I heard you talking. I heard you on Twitter. I heard you on Instagram saying I was a bad contract, not knowing what I would get back to. And I'm going to show you something right now. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today that Clay Thompson is not one to play with. The Splash Brothers are not two people to be played with. And now you got Jordan Poole. And now you bring and now you got Andrew Wiggins firing on all cylinders. We called when Kevin Durant was here, we called him the Splash family. Uh, we got to think of a new name, right? But they're splashing again, and that's all that really matters. But to be fair, Draymond is the engine. Draymond is the engine. And you don't have GP2 who's really been, in a way, the mini engine. So what am I worried about? What am I worried about going into tonight and going into this road trip? Tonight and beyond, when can Draymond get back out there? But specifically tonight, you're trying to get Clay back into this mix. And how do those rotations look? 
Are there going to be any missed assignments? Because it's common knowledge that Draymond is the vocal leader and will organize everybody. And like I said, JTA, similar in that way. But, you know, he's still he's still finding his footing in this league. He's more established now, but he's not he's not the guy that's going to sit there and, you know, talk. nobody talks to teammates the way Draymond does, to be fair. But if Clay is out of position, if somebody else is out of position due to Clay being back and them just trying to find their way, who's going to get them in position? Steve Kerr might have to take more timeouts than he typically takes or earlier than he typically takes them. We got a text right here on the text line, 707, Splash Mafia. Splash Mafia. I like that. I like that. And there's some shirts that can. I love it. I love it, too. I love it, too. And there's some shirts that could be made, right? To, to, I can already see it now. The return. There's been so many. By the way, there have been so many cool graphics with this Clay return. I've seen ones where he's getting charged. Uh, you know, I love my Dragon Ball Z references. Getting charged like he's about to turn Super Saiyan. I, I've seen ones where he's a the, him and Steph. I know everybody's seen that one where they're coming at the rest of the league, and it's like a big tsunami type deal. I love all of it. I, you know, back in the day, I did. I did used to draw back in the day. By the way, Sam, I, I, my mom still has the drawings. I'm famous for my Dragon Ball Z drawings, and I have one of Chucky from Rugrats. And it's outstanding. She still has it to this day. I dated it like it was going to be worth a bunch of money. But, yeah, I, I didn't get I didn't get around to, you know, to continue to do it. I kind of just stopped. It was a seventh grade thing. Then it was done. Oh, you're going to have to bring that bad boy in. I mean, any any drawing of Chucky like like, like that that you're hyping up, I mean, I, I got to see that. I'm a big Chucky guy. We need, to, we need to put it up right here in the studio, and you just touch it on the way out like Notre Dame. Play like a champion today. That's what we'll do with all my drawings from 6th and 7th grade because that's about how long this whole thing lasted. Hell yeah. There you go. Let's get back to the game. Let's get back to the Warriors. The All-Star game is around the corner. I mean, it's a little bit more than a month away. And you want to go into that rolling. And that's the thing. This is not, you know, basketball, baseball. They're so different to football because – you're, you're just going to keep playing games. You're going to keep playing games, and you're, you're going to have to find your way. And again, like we talked about, you're not, no, you're not just going into the shallow end. You're not going to have floaties on. Nobody's going to hold your hand if you're clay. You had your, you had your nice return. Now it's time to get back to work. You got the Grizzlies today. On Thursday, you get the Bucks in Milwaukee. And on Friday, Friday Night Lights, you get the Bulls in Chicago. Two teams that you know do not want to lose to the Splash Brothers. Giannis specifically loves Steph. That you you remember? It's so funny now. It feels like because I think it was pre-pandemic as well. It feels like literally eons ago when there was a Giannis train where Giannis was possibly going to the Warriors. That that I, I almost forgot that was a thing. I almost forgot that was a thing. So you know, and one thing, when you play your idols, and and that's why people thought Giannis might go to the, the Warriors because he loves Steph so much. They've had great, great scenes during the All-Star break and things like that. You know you really want to beat them. You like them. You love them. You really want to beat them. So you got the Grizzlies tonight, who John Moran thinks he's the best point guard to ever touch the court. And I can't really blame him. You got you to have that confidence. So you got John Morant, who's going to want to go at Steph because he always wants to go at Steph. Then you got Giannis who loves the Warriors and loves them so much that he obviously wants to beat them. And then you get the Bulls, 
who they just want their respect. Nobody had them coming out of the East. Nobody had them as good as they are. They're kind of like a band of, um, I wouldn't say misfit toys, but guys that besides DeMar DeRozan and and, uh, to a lesser degree, Zach Levine, everybody likes Zach Levine. He can dunk. He can shoot the three ball. He can create for himself. But nobody had him in that top tier. And then obviously you have Lonzo Ball who, again, didn't work out in, in L.A., heads down to New Orleans. Now he's in Chicago. DeMar DeRozan, we know he had to watch his best friend win a championship the year after he left with Kawhi. Basically, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily a better version of DeRozan, just a better player. So all these guys got chips on their shoulder. And, I, you know, you, you cannot ever – the Timberwolves, they're not awful. They're not very good either. But, you know, D'Angelo Russell is probably going to feel some type of way and can't always feel some type of way. So this is an interesting stretch for the Warriors. Excited to see how they come out tonight. I know they're going to be excited. And I know Steve Kerr is going to be excited to start to try some new rotations out, try out some things that he hasn't done before and see how it looks. You have to be prepared to possibly have some tighter games and hope you pull them out because you got to start to try this stuff out. And then you're going to have to try them out again when Draymond gets back. But when we get back, we're going to transition. We're going to transition to the Niners. And like I said, tail of the tape, we're going to be comparing the star positions and who has the advantage. This is 95-7 the game. Pre-game show. Alan- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stop filling in for Stephen Lanford. Come right back. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Ooh, 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 Sam, Sam coming through with the fire this morning, the, the super fuego this morning. You are back on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Alan Styles filling in for our guy, Stephen Lanford. Before the break, we were talking Niners, right? Or sorry, before the break, we were talking Warriors. Now we're about to talk some Niners. But before that, want to get to the text line, 888 888- 957-9570. We were talking about the new name for this new crew. I believe before Kevin Durant was there, or when Kevin Durant was there, it was, you know, before it was the Splash Brothers, then it was the Splash Family. So I, I threw it out to, to the gamers. What are some nicknames you think that the Warriors should now go with? 707 says, we said Splash Mafia. 415 says the Splash Crew. 925 says the Super Splash Bros. Nice. I like them all. I, I, we can rock with them all. I'm just going to use them all throughout the season. There's a long season. We're going to use them all. 
Super Smash, Super Splash Brothers is definitely that. That's top of my power rankings that's right top, now. That's top. That's top tier. That's top tier. Go you, go you. I do have another text here. Four one five. I know it's a tough little road trip, but it's Cowboys week. Come on, A Styles. Look, I teased it. I teased it. It's Niners time. Don't worry. Okay, I had to flip the script from yesterday. We went Niners first, Warriors last. Now, now, now we're flipping it up. Now we, we we took care of the Warriors. They got a game tonight. Nice little game tonight against Ja Morant. Jumping out the got he got trampolines in his shoes. And now it's Niners time. And I teased it before. And now we're gonna get into it. Here's the thing about the Niners and Cowboys. The Cowboys are already sweating this. The Cowboys fans are already sweating this. Cowboys front office is being very open about how this matchup is going to be tough for them. It's going to be very tough for them. And, and it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. They're worried about the fans uh, you know, selling tickets because we know what the, what the Niners fans did, the faithful did in L.A. That thing, that thing was it's as red as my on-air mic right now, right? You can, you can even find Rams fans in there. You can even find Rams fans in there. So let's start with Stephen Jones before we get to the tail of the tape. And I know I keep I know I keep uh, teasing it before we get to it. Let's hear from Stephen Jones, one and only. And what he'd say to a Cowboy fan that might be thinking of selling his tickets to a Niners fan. Well, I, I just can't imagine you want to miss this one. And uh, this is why you get involved. This is why you want to be a, a season ticket holder, a suite holder, a sponsor. Uh, this is what uh, what it's all about is being in the tournament. Of course, who would have thought we'd end up having a great rivalry tradition and uh, playing the 49ers here in, uh, uh, here in Arlington and at AT&T Stadium. Uh, it, it's going to be an amazing game, and uh, I wouldn't sell you tickets. I think I'd show up and have a great time and, and enjoy it. Well, Stephen, as someone that uh, has a lot of money and your pops has a lot of money, I can give you one reason they'd sell their tickets. Sam, can we get a can we get a money sound a cha ching in there? Okay, because it's that cash flow. I need it on time. I'm talking bankroll. There you go. There you go. That's one reason, Stephen. But I mean, do what you got to do, right? You got to. I don't expect you to say anything different. But the Cowboys, as a whole, they're in shambles right now. They're in shambles, getting ready for this Niners game because we know. That very similar, that, and that's why they call the NFL playoffs the tournament, because yes, upsets don't happen as much as March Madness, but it's one game, and a lot can happen in one game. It doesn't really matter what you've done throughout the season. You got to show up on that game, or you're going to have issues. So I'm done teasing it. Let's get into it right now. We're going to do the tale of the tape. The Cowboys were 3-7 and seven against playoff teams this season. And if you remove the Eagles, that second game they were sitting players anyway, they were one and five. They only beat the Patriots. The Niners were four and eight against current playoff teams. But to be fair, if you take away the Rams, and and I do think the Rams are, are better than the Eagles, but if you take them away just because they beat them twice, they were two and six. And I don't think anybody would deny that the Rams are better than the Eagles, but the idea is that in that situation, they're pretty even. Right, And also, if you take away the Niners-Eagles game, that means that they went 1-5 as well. So you're, you're, you're pretty even right there. Not to mention, 
the Cowboys are 6-0 and against the NFC least. 6-0 and against the NFC least and 6-5 and against everybody else. So they beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on. But besides that, they come off as fairly average. They come off as, as fairly average. So where else would we start with the tail of the tape other than Jimmy Garoppolo versus Dak Prescott? Obviously, Dak is more mobile. That, that, that is probably the most obvious statement I've made today. But I'd also say he takes care of the ball more than Jimmy. But I'm not quite sure he blows Jimmy out of the water. And the thing about it is, and I believe this happens every single time, Jerry Jones goes all around the different media places, and he's talking about how Dak played. He's talking about how Dak played. And I think we can all agree that Dak's highs have been higher, but he has games where you don't even see those highs. And a lot of those games are against playoff-caliber teams. And now you're not playing the Giants anymore. You're not playing Washington, I don't have a name, and my stadium is falling apart anymore. You're playing real deal teams. And I, look, y'all know I went to school in Philly. I got love for Philly. I think Jalen Hurts might be slightly underrated. But the Eagles, I mean, Sam said yesterday, he, he doesn't even, I think it was plus, they were plus nine yesterday, or minus nine yesterday. They don't even, they, Sam didn't really give him a puncher's chance, and I don't think I would either. So you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. You beat the Eagles team the second time. Everybody's talking about Dak, five touchdowns. Jalen Hurts didn't even play. Half the guys didn't even play. So going back to Jimmy, I think they are pretty similar, Jimmy and Dak Prescott. Both of these guys, they weirdly play better when they're down, right? And that they love, both of them love to throw in between the numbers. So when that field opens up because they don't want any throws going to the sidelines to stop the clock, that's when they start to eat. And Dak might even throw in a run in there. They're both very, very dependent on the running game as well. So Dak, highs are higher. Jimmy, right there with him when he's rolling, when good Jimmy shows up. We talk all the time about good Jimmy, bad Jimmy. But there's also good Dak, bad Dak. There's a reason before the injury, Jerry Jones, he got a lot of money, but he wasn't too quick to give it to Dak. He didn't say, you know what, Dak, this is, this is yours, you deserve this. He wanted to feel it out. He wanted to mess around, this, that, and the third. And then they saw what they were without Dak Prescott, and specifically with Andy Dalton. And they say, all right, Dak, I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money. But it was, let's not forget, it wasn't like Jerry Jones just opened his wallet and was just immediately ecstatic to give Dak this money. That is because he felt like that he hadn't done enough. He wasn't, he wasn't shy to give Ezekiel Elliott the money. And we'll get into the running backs later because I don't even know if Ezekiel Elliott is best running back on the Cowboys at this point in time. So... If you look at Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo, is Dak elite? Sam, would you call Dak elite? I mean, I definitely think he's in the the top half of quarterbacks. I mean, when he's on, I would say he's he could be a top 10 quarterback. It's just right. yeah, the, the, the Cowboys, they could just be so up and down sometimes. I feel like that kind of drags him down a little bit too, but 
Overall, I would put, I have him in my top 10. Top 10. Uh, yeah. I have him in my top 10 when he is playing. Again, there's good Dak, bad Dak, good Jimmy, bad Jimmy. I think good Jimmy is not very far behind good Dak. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, I would say if they're both at the top of their game, I would probably take Dak over Jimmy. That's sure. Because Dak has that extra mobility factor. Yes. yes. Dak's also, I mean, he's a likable guy, too, so mm -hmm. that, that makes it kind of harder to dog on him. So. Well, yeah. Well, look, Jimmy's likable. We got shirts with, with, with Jimmy on him. Jimmy's likable, too. But when you look at it and you look at the tail of the tape, are they really that different? I mean, Dak is not a run-first quarterback. He runs when the play breaks down. So it's not like he's looking to do that. And if, you know, I don't even know if you have to throw a spy on him if you're the Niners because he doesn't even run that much. You just have to be cognizant of it as well. And I'll tell you this too. Dallas, that's the reason they're already talking about this, you know, don't sell your tickets. Because Dallas, I went to a Raider game earlier this year. I went I went uh, for my bachelor party, actually. Great time. They beat the Eagles. And my buddy said something that really resonated with me. He said that compared to Oakland, obviously, the Raiders' Allegiant Stadium is beautiful, but it has no soul. It just has no soul. Obviously, people are people are coming in from all over. They're they're checking. You know, they're they're, they're going to root for their team. They might not even have a team in the fight. To be honest, is it that different in Dallas? Like I know. This is Dallas's home, but it's such a big stadium and it's such an event. Obviously, Dallas is not the same as traveling to Vegas. But there's a reason that they're saying this stuff. They saw what the Niners did. I'm on Twitter right now and people are already buying their tickets to go into to Dallas and, and make sure that the Niners presence is known. And that affects the game when it's third down and the offense, the 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 Home team offense is trying to run a play, and it's loud. And they're trying to quiet down their quote-unquote crowd. That's because it's not their crowd making the noise. So I'm not saying that it's going to look the way it looked in L.A., but I am saying that all these things are a factor, and Dak Prescott is, is a, probably a B-plus quarterback, and he's not necessarily good enough to overcome some of these things. Again, I talked about these offensive teams. They're front runners. When things are going their way, it gets a little choppy. And now you got to lean on Mike McCarthy to, to, to take care of the play clock, which, I mean, I, I wouldn't bet anything on that. I, I, wouldn't, bet, bet, I wouldn't bet the, the two cents, the 25 cents in my pocket on that. So let's move forward to the wide receivers. Obviously, from the Niners, you have Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. Oh, and oh, there's one more guy, right? Yeah, Debo. Debo Samuel, who he's just a weapon at this point. You, you can put him in every category if you really wanted to. So you got that verse, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Cedric Wilson. Last I heard, Amari Cooper was saying something about, oh, I, I wasn't saying anything negative. I was just saying that I think I can help the team if I get targeted more. That's just like a nice way of saying like, yeah, I'm not getting the ball. But Amari Cooper is a nice guy, so he's saying it in a very nice way, but truthfully, he wants the ball more. There's no issues like that in the Niners locker room. They want everybody to win. In fact, here's Shanahan and thoughts on Jawan Jennings' performance against the Rams. Jawan was a man today. He's, um, 
I love Juwan. He's, you, know, you guys see the passion he plays with. Um, he's, um, we don't want to tame it, but you got to try to a little bit. Um, he, but it's the, the fire that he brings to the game is unbelievable. And with the way he blocks is the same way he runs routes. It's the same way he catches. It's the same way he does everything. And it was a big deal losing Mo early in this year. You know, I thought he was playing you know, one of the most consistent out of our whole wideout group at the time we lost him. And, but it was good because it gave Juwan a little more time to get ready and had some setbacks there in training camp. And once he got his opportunities, never looked back. And he's gotten better each week. Um, and, he, and he was huge today. It's, it's, it's what the Niners do. It, it's, a, it's a family thing. And they want everybody to win. They, obviously, Debo is this, the straw that serves the drink. I don't have friends. I got family. Vin Diesel coming through. Vin Diesel should do like the pump up, the pump up uh, speech for the Niners because that's really what you have going on. So I think most people would probably, and that's the thing. the 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 Cowboys are are missing Gallup, and Gallup is really that guy that could stretch the field for them. They're missing him, so I don't know. A lot of people do have loved the the Cowboys wide receiver core. I just don't think the Niners. Wide receiver core is that far behind, and I think they're extremely, extremely dynamic and flexible in what they do. Yeah, when's the last time the Cowboys uh, wide receiver threw a touchdown pass? Debo did it last week. Debo did it just for fun to Juwan Jennings, okay? So I think they're pretty even there. Now let's go to the rushing attack. Elijah Mitchell versus Ezekiel Elliott. And like I said, what are we doing with Tony Pollard? I know he – and he catches the ball a lot as well. Zeke is at 1,002 rushing yards. And you look at Elijah Mitchell, who's at 963, and you're thinking, okay, he's missed some time as well. The problem is you look at Tony Pollard, and that man's at 719. That man's at 719. And Debo is actually the second highest rusher on the Niners at 365. So, again – Tail of the tape. This is just on paper. I, I, I don't know when, when Zeke gets his yards. Whenever I watch him, he gets stuffed. He gets stuffed because it's like very obvious when he's running the football and then Tony Pollard comes in and, oh, it's a, not a trick play, but, oh, it's a counter or something that nobody was expecting, and Tony Pollard to the house. So, But, but, but Zeke, he, he's, a, he, he's a bell cow. That's exactly – that's exactly why they brought him in. That's exactly why they paid him the money. Jerry's like, we paid him this money. He's going to keep running the football. He's going to keep them running the football. I don't care. But to be honest, I think that, again, the Niners' rushing attack is more dynamic than Dallas. Dallas is, they're straight up. We got the offensive line, and we're going to try to hit you in the mouth. The Niners try to hit you in the mouth as well, but they do have, I, I feel, more window dressing and more things that can throw you off. So it's pretty even. Cowboys have the numbers more so, but I think in, in a one-game situation, anything can happen, and you have to prepare for all these different types of play calls and variations of play calls that Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan can throw in as wrinkles as they move forward. So now it gets fun. Now we're talking defense. Nick Bosa versus the young rook, the diaper dandy Micah Parsons. Nick Bosa, 15 and a half sacks. And the Niners, they have a game plan that they haven't really strayed from. They understand what they're trying to do. Bosa's going to get after you. He's going to get double team, triple team. There's going to be a bunch of holds that don't get called. But when you sleep on him, he's going to catch you sleeping. He's going to put you to sleep. And he's going to put your quarterback to sleep if you sleep on him. 
So let's not ever forget that. I know there's been a lot about Micah Parsons, and he's going to be a great player. He already is a great player, already getting nods for Defensive Player of the Year. But Bosa might have a little chip on his shoulder too. Oh, this is the, uh, you know, this is the new guy on the street? Okay, let's see what's really popping. Let's see. (laughs) We're going to get a lot of that. We're going to get a lot of that. Whenever there's somebody, again, this is like the op. This is Again, you have Warriors, Steph, going at Ja, new kid on the block. Now you have Bosa going at Parsons, new kid on the block. You always get a little bit more hyped. So let's get into Micah Parsons. 13 sacks. Like I said, he's having a heck of a year. And really, the only people that have been able to stop Micah Parsons this year is the coaching staff. It's the coaching staff. The Cowboys get too clo- too cute. They outsmart themselves. And the next thing you know, Dan Quinn has this guy in coverage, basically as much as rushing the passer, which truly, to me, makes no sense at all. Less than 35% of Micah Parsons' snaps are rushing the passer. And if you want me to put that in perspective, Miles Garrett is at 63%. I have no clue what they're doing. I have no clue why they're doing that, but I hope they continue to do that against the Niners. They just get in their own way. They just get in their own way. They, they think they're the smart. Whenever you think, well, how's that old saying go? Whenever you think you are the smartest man or the smartest person in the room, that's your first mistake. And I feel like Dallas, they think that they're the smartest people in the room. We're, we're going to play our guys against the Eagles and what, what, get Dak five touchdowns, some, some hollow record that doesn't even mean anything. Okay. Okay, bro. That's fine. So that that's what you have on the defensive end. Uh, you know, when, when, before we get to the secondary. Now let's head to the secondary. Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas versus Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, Mr. Interception Man himself. Well, I'll tell you something about Trayvon Diggs right now. Pro Football Focus has Mosley at a 68.7 all-around grade, right? They have it in the green category. There's green, orangish, red, and yellow. You have Ambry Thomas in the 46.1 conversation. I think that was closer to to the orange, then the yellow. But again, he's a, he's a rookie. He's improving every single game. You know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And Ambry Thomas continues to get better. Trayvon Diggs. Yes, Trayvon Diggs, 59.6, which seems low since he has 11 interceptions. He is the ball hawk himself. Kenny Lofton, Ken Griffey Jr. He acts like the ball is his. He acts like he is a wide receiver. But that's kind of a problem. It's, it's boom or bust with this guy. He takes a lot of chances. So why is he only a 59.6? He's got 11 interceptions. You want to know why? It's because he also has the most yards allowed out of any starting cornerback. Not just that, but wait, there's more. Pro football focus. Trayvon Diggs has given up the is on pace to give up the most yards in coverage since profile. Football Focus started recording that for a cornerback over 16 years ago. 16 years ago. So, he's a ball hawk. He takes chances. And everybody knows that. It's like that outfielder that has a bunch of, has a bunch of outfield assists. He has a bunch of outfield assists because people keep running on him. So, even though... He's thrown a lot of people out. How many times have guys scored on him from second? How many times have have guys scored on him from third? That's what it is. They keep on targeting him because he's giving up yards. If you if you don't get the if you don't get the interception, he's giving up yards. 
So that's what we have in the secondary. And really, th- that kind of sums up the tail of the tape and, and what we're looking at. So if you, if you break this down, if you break this down and, and you, you look at these premier positions and who you would give the nod to, I think it's pretty even. I think it's pretty even. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the Niners, you know, now it's kind of – this is where it gets a little dangerous, right? Because now the Niners, are they getting too much – are they getting too much credit, right? You, you don't you want to be you don't want to be disrespected, but you also don't want to go in as a favorite on the road because now Dallas has a chip on their shoulder. You don't necessarily want that either. But I'll tell you someone who's sweating this out, and he's always sweating anyway to begin with. Let's hear what Michael Irvin had to say. He was on yesterday uh, talking about why he did not want to face the Niners, yet here we are. The way the game played out. You know, you're down 17, then you fight back. You know what I mean? You end up winning the game, uh, and then you win on, on on defense with an interception. You know what I'm saying? It solidifies everything Niners have been about. And that's why I've been moaning and groaning, because I did not want this matchup for Dallas. I wanted to send San Fran to Green Bay, are out there to knock off the Rams. Can I just say, I love that clip just from the moaning and groaning. I'm going to use that for for whatever reason. Next time I don't feel like adulting or doing a chore I don't want to do. That's why I've been moaning and groaning. I should have done my laundry a couple days ago. I'm going to use that until I can't use it anymore. But Michael Irvin is right. Okay, I, I know you, you guys are probably sick of me saying Styles make fights, but he knows that. Cowboys Nation knows that, and the Niners know it. But you still have to take that mentality that you are the underdog because you are. You're still going into their home. You still have to take care of business in that way. But I will say one thing about Jimmy G and what he has been able to do. Niners lead the league in points scored under two minutes, either ending the first half or ending the game. Jimmy G, the way he's able to come back, the way he's able to come back and the way he's able to to, to handle these two-minute, one-minute situations, he's Dan Marino, man. He's Tom Brady. He he turns into someone that you don't see. Steve Young, can I say Steve Young? He is a different beast. And if he can channel that throughout this game and throughout this playoffs, if they're able, able to get this victory, this guy really is the limit. And the sky's the limit for everybody listening out there. Thank you for listening to the pregame show with Alan Styles filling in for Stephen Lanford. 95-7 the game. You guys, get ready for the morning roast. is coming up now, and enjoy the rest of your morning. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.